Welcome to episode three. How's it going, Michael? Man, it's going so good. It's great to be back in the new year with you. It's been it's been a little bit of, yeah, of a minute since we've gone to do this again, but it's great to be back. Almost, I think. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm excited just to get going again this year. It's it felt like it like was going to start slow and it kind of came in like a wrecking ball, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah, That's for sure. <laughs> and in, what a great way to start the year with with this interview. Oh yeah, with, with Juan? Juan, man. Yeah, he is Juan Romero. He is so insightful and I'm so excited for everybody to be able to listen to this interview because yeah. it was it was awesome, man. Yeah. It, man, I honestly, like, listening to it when I was editing it, I just kind of, like, I, I wanted to use it to, like, fall asleep to. Like, his voice is so calming. His voice is very like, calming. and I've never noticed that before. <laughs> and his whole demeanor is that way, you know? Yeah. You know, what was just one thing that you got from it quick uh, that you just up front you want to share? Yeah, I mean, just the amount of experience he has, you know, and over 40 years, if, if I'm correct, you know? Yeah. Just the, the fact that he's been through so much of a change in the industry. You know, he talks about like the difference in like technology, you know, how that, that's played a big impact to something more relatable to us now is like cell phones and technology on set and how that affects, you know, yeah. like production. So I thought that was fascinating insight, you know, to, yeah. Yeah, to get from him. Yeah, I think it's always interesting looking at... Uh, I think it goes for more than just a gaffer, but like really a grip, uh, an AC, like a lot of these positions, because uh, when you're DPing or producing or directing, I feel like you're on a heck of a lot less sets. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have these grips and gaffers and uh, ACs. You have all these people underneath you that have probably been on more sets than you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of interesting just the perspective that they have to take because, I mean, what happens when you're working for someone that maybe you don't agree with mm-hmm. uh, their shots or uh, stuff like that. So, anyways, um, I guess let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's do it. Well, uh, welcome, Juan. Okay, I guess we're starting. Yeah, right. I guess we are. Thank you so much for coming today. You're uh, welcome. I, I, you know how much I respect you. I appreciate that. Maybe we should name drop a little bit here to start with. Okay, just... I mean, just over the years, I, I worked on the original Dallas TV series and uh, went from that to uh, Tex- Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, so initially starting off like that, it went from 13 years on Dallas to 10 years on Walker. So I just thought everything was going to be like that. And uh, it's not. I mean, I realized that I was fortunate to have just fallen across the two hit TV series. Everything since then has been just uh, just as it lasted just a few years. Yeah. Like Prison Break, I think, went three years and um, was lucky enough to have gotten on House of Cards. I was on that for a couple of seasons. But And other than that, just a ton of commercials, ton of uh, music videos. Yeah. It's been a good run. Yeah. I, I mean, complain. tons of brands that I think everyone would know, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like... Uh, yeah. Gosh, what are some of the brands? Probably Mercedes, Toyota, Mercedes, Lexus, uh, American Airlines, um, Southwest Airlines. You name it. Yeah, you Nike. name it. You've done it. Yeah, yeah, just over the years. <laughs> yeah, you know. that's super cool. And I, yeah, uh, so kind of leading off that, some of the things that maybe you've seen take place over the years. You were talking. You kind of hinted at a little bit there. Well, I mean, uh, for me. I, it's, it's just standing back and looking uh, from where I started. I, I realize I've seen so many changes that have taken place kind of rapidly. 
uh, starting with uh, the equipment, just in the equipment alone, the cameras of, I mean, it's night and day from where we were. Doesn't seem that long ago, but even lighting, everything has changed. How many years have you been? In uh, I started in 1976, so I know I'm dating myself there. But uh, that for 40? About 40 years. 40, yeah. 48. No, 44? In that range. Yeah, in that range. <laughs> in that range, yeah. yeah. But I'm still, I mean, I, it's uh, an industry that I feel I'm very fortunate in that I have a passion for. So it's still going to work. I still get excited. Uh, it's not like a, a job, per se. I enjoy working. And I think the uh, working with the new people that are coming up like you, uh, it, it invigorates me. It, uh, it just, you know, just that's fuel to that fire. And, and that's good. That's yeah. good. I like to see those changes. You know, uh, like I was saying with the cameras, um, never did I expect to see film per se go away. And yet that happened very quickly. Yeah, because digital, digital probably wasn't even on the horizon when you were... No, no, no. Everything was, uh, you know, we were shooting 16, 35. I mean, every commercial was yeah. was film. And then during that period where the um, digital started coming in, I saw it. Uh, it happened rather quickly with the uh, still cameras, but I still didn't foresee it happening to the uh, the film industry. And yet it happened, and uh, here we are. Along with that, uh, lighting changed. Oh uh, yeah, just I, to do a little interview I'm, like what we're doing. I bet right you would now. have never, never known that would have. Oh no, no, not at all. Because just, for example, when we started on the uh, Dallas TV series, I mean, back then we were using what we call big guns. I mean, big lights, hot lights. Yeah. I mean, literally, you would have... What uh, ASA were you shooting at, typically? Oh, my God. It, it was... Uh, who knows? But it was like we had... The, <laughs> it probably is 1 to 400 range, it, though, right? Well, it, 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 so. it was a, probably less than that because we were we had the lights practically on top of a lot of the actors uh, and I mean their makeup would be running oh yeah that kind just of the stuff. heat so, just melting off yeah so it was a uh, human popsicle yeah so you, you see that happening where you're, you have these big lights hot lights that are drawing tremendous amounts of power yeah. to now what we shoot is if you have lights you're plugging them into the wall it's LED yeah and 90% uh, of shoots you can pretty much plug it into a yeah. wall outlet now so that's a, that's a huge change and you can have the lights right there close to the actors there yeah it's not hot it's they're comfortable yeah the look is great the fact that you, you can, can change it. you can change color exactly. temp yeah exactly. i mean back then if you wanted to change the color temperature you would have to add gel or if you wanted to change the color or the intensity you're dropping scrims yeah it's it was a big distraction maybe for the actor if you're doing it like on the fly per se oh yeah well, on the time that it takes too yeah because now yeah. you can even do it via DMX or something if you want right like exactly. so on big sets yeah exactly so wow. so from from that perspective it's been uh, quite quite an eye opener so yeah. it, it's it's all positive you know it's it's, yeah. uh, it's a good change you were talking yesterday though we chatted briefly you had mentioned a few things that you saw that weren't so good uh, as far as technology coming in to set well you know uh, uh, Along with everything that I just mentioned uh, in the cameras and the lighting, uh, the the only thing that for me is a, is a negative per se is, let's say like the cell phones for me is a big distraction on maybe not only a set, but everywhere across this, this world now. You can't go to a restaurant without seeing everybody on their cell phones. And, but to me, uh, 
working in the film business, that is a negative in the sense that in the old days, what I call the old days, uh, you have the scene taking place and everybody's like focused on the scene. You're standing by lights, making sure they don't go out. So everybody's like right there and yeah. paying attention. Today, uh, you have the walkie-talkies and, you know, you have guys that get distracted. They'll go off, get craft service or whatever, but they're not looking at what's taking place. So if a light goes out or whatever, it's gonna, they're not going to know. It's going to be somebody telling them, that lights out. Yeah. Because and they're, quickly they're, dropping the Cheetos and running. Right. Yeah. Because they're not right there on the set. And, and before that wasn't, uh, that was really, really uh, yeah, frowned well, upon. And you're saying even back like when they didn't have walkie talkies, like you were doing. Yeah. Back, back then, I mean, we were, you know, for example, even Walker, Dallas, those, those kind of series. We, we, if we didn't have walkie talkies, we were still communicating, but everything was through hand signals. Uh, you would just look over at whatever light you needed to have adjusted and you would just, through hand signals, you would tell the guy, add a single, add a double, half double, half single. What were those, like, signals? Well, the the signal would just be, like, a circle yeah. for, like, the scrim. Yeah. And you would hold up a one for a oh, single, yeah, for the number. two for, yeah. for the double. If you went like this, that meant half, like a half double, half single. Yeah, so, like, one. Right, and then yeah. you could just tell him to put it in and if you went, that would be on the right, yeah, so right you, side of the lamp yeah. or, or this side. For people listening, this is probably really confusing. But. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But but everything was just no no talking. I mean, you were talking yeah. to a guy clear across the room just using hand signals. And, yeah. I mean, if you try to do that today, they would look at you like, like what, what the heck? What, what are you, what, if what they are were you looking at right, you, yeah. Right. So, I mean, those those things were... You communicate it without making any noise, or the even even now, like if you don't have a an earpiece on your walkie-talkie, that can be very distracting on set because you have all these open mics and yeah, um, you know. So from from that perspective, uh, things that were better back then, yeah. Uh, as far as the guys paying attention and and uh, the communication on set. Now, if you don't have a a walkie-talkie, it's like you know they. It's, they feel like they're missing a limb. Like, we're going to shoot this thing without walkie-talkies? And so yeah, it's just different. Yeah. Man, I, I, yeah, that's always funny. Just thinking about that, how many times I've been on set, it's like, oh, man, like, we don't even have a walkie-talkie. What, kind of, what kind of ghetto shoot is this kind of a thing? Right, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's... Yeah. But it, it's like... It's like anything else. I mean, it, there, there's good things that have come with these changes, and yeah. there's uh, things that can be improved. Yeah, and, and that'll happen. It just depends. Like when you're on your set, uh, let's say you're doing a project, you can you're going to set the tone as to what you want from your guys, and you can say, you know, that's you just let them know up front, guys. I I don't want phones on the set. I want you guys standing by the lights, pay attention. Yeah, and because uh, uh, they're going to pick up on that pretty quick, and it it just makes them a better technician. I yeah. think. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. It's like it is something that we can still control. Like right. we can set those expectations up front for our crew, and that's right. especially like as DP or gaffer or right. like that's that's for you to set for your team underneath you. Yeah. Whenever I'm, I'm working on a show, I, I just let it be known right up front, you know, before we even start the project, that for the most part, uh, if you need to 
make a call, take a call, whatever. Just excuse yourself. Let somebody know where you're going. Yeah. But I do not want you looking down at the phone yeah. 12 hours a day. I it's not going to happen. We were on a shoot a while ago, and it's like we were looking. Oh, there was this grip that was kind of like we didn't exactly know him, but he got brought in. It was just like I don't, I don't even remember where he went. Like we just lost him for like an hour. Like he was just gone. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, just stuff like that. You know, yeah. it just uh, wasn't heard of back then. Yeah. But. Um, I, I don't know if it's just a, a lack of uh, of their sense of responsibility. Yeah. Um, well, it's especially if they don't, if they're not in this. Indi- uh, I don't want to say if they're. I feel like there's a certain caliber that you hit where it started to. There's there's a different level of respect for set etiquette right. for things like that. That when you hit that, it starts to become. Right, and, and you can see that uh, pretty quickly whenever you go on set. And if it's a bunch of people that you don't know that you haven't worked with before, yeah, you can tell pretty quick who the people that are serious about their craft, who they are, and yeah. who who is not, uh, who's just there, just filling filling the time, yeah, filling the space. But uh, yeah, so kind of before you started the in the industry and stuff, did you have any preconceived notions about what it might be like? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's totally different from what, from uh, what it, I was when I was going to college. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you learn whatever you learn through the books and through the uh, classroom instructors, but the and reality was, out and then, the reality was totally different when I yeah. stepped out and, and, uh, started doing actual work, uh, working with equipment that I wasn't familiar with or, yeah. you know, just the very simple tools, C-stands. You know, shot bags, stuff like that, that we weren't, uh, we didn't have a lot of equipment, even at the university where I was going at that point. Yeah. But. uh, Is there anything that you'd like, you wish you could say back to your like 25 year old self now? Or. uh, Not, not really. I mean, in the sense, when I came out, I, I, I was young, I was hungry. I was open to just, you know, learning, like, you know, just like a sponge, just trying to take everything in. Um, Again, and I remember those times because I had my ideas of the way maybe a thing should be shot or an angle or this and that. And I thought, well, if I was doing it, I would do it this way. And so I I try to remember that now whenever I start seeing younger guys come up and, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They have their ideas and sometimes... It, you know, they are good. Yeah. So I try not to just uh, take that attitude that because I've been in the business uh, quite a while that there's only, this is the way it should be done. Yeah. And uh, there's, you can paint the picture a thousand different ways and it doesn't yeah. mean that uh, there's only one way, correct way to doing it. Yeah. In the end, it's all, you know, they'll all look pretty decent. Yeah. So... Yeah, that hit, that definitely hits home for me because I know I've been on so many projects where it's like if I'm not DPing it, it's like it's it's realizing my position and how I can serve the person's position that is choosing those like shots or that lighting, and it's just I, I'm sure especially with how many years of experience you have, it's not it's not an easy uh, I don't it's probably gotten easier over the years to be able to. I guess humble yourself and be a servant like that. 
Yeah, and, and you know, it's like uh, whenever I go work on a project, uh, my goal, my job is to go in there and along with the uh, DP to understand what his idea of how the shot should, should look, what he has in mind, and to try to create that. Um, what, what I'm finding out more and more is that there's not a lot of very uh, secure, um, there are a lot of insecure DPs that feel threatened because of maybe my resume and that I've been around a long time. And, and so they, I, I can tell when, when, uh, when they're uh, uncomfortable yeah. Uh, because all of a sudden they feel like maybe I'm, I'm going to upstage them or whatever. And that's never my intent. My intent yeah. is to go in there and I'm going to make you look the best that I can. Because if, if this project looks beautiful, then you're going to look good. I'm going to look good and everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. And, and so. Well, that's exactly what happened with Craftsman. Right. Like right. that was very much, I brought you in because I, I, I mean, I rearranged the budget, all that stuff because I knew if I had you, you were going to make me look good uh, and make it way better than I could have on my own. But, and but, then, but the important thing there is that uh, you're, you're open to, to uh, uh, listening to maybe somebody's uh, advice. And if you like it, fine. If, if you don't, you can say, well, what do you think about this? And that's what I like uh, working with you is that you're, you're open and that there's communication yeah. and that you don't feel threatened. And, and, and that to me is a, is a big plus because at that point I know this project is going to look awesome yeah. at the end. Well, that's interesting. Just thinking about that whole cycle that you're kind of talking about is like insecure DPs feel like they have to make more decisions than they do because they feel like they have to prove something. Exactly. And because of that, they're missing out on the collaboration that film is. And they're ultimately, I mean, they're cutting themselves off at the knees when they do that. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what happens. They're they're denying themselves of a great opportunity to to just learn. Yeah, you know, it, it, to me, it's the day you you start thinking that I know everything, that there's nothing more that I can possibly learn from this industry. That's the yeah. day that you know what you're in trouble because this is uh, to me. I have the attitude is when you go to work, it'll be a good day if. That day, if you learned something new that you didn't know before you w went in there, yeah. whatever it is, whether it's in lighting and cameras and, you know, hair and makeup, whatever, if you learn, if you can pick up something that you didn't know, then you're still leaving yourself open to, to learning. Yeah. And that's a good, it's a good day. One question I have, I, I always ask you this on set. I, I think I've asked you like five times expecting a different answer, but I always ask, what keeps you motivated? on set? Well, I think what keeps me motivated, uh, like right now at this point in time in my life, is uh, just the opportunity to, to work with new people. Um, like, like I said, when I see somebody like yourself coming in who's just full of ideas and you've got that, that energy, uh, that, uh, just that outlook, and you understand the new cameras. And to me, it's like, okay, he's learning. I'm learning because this is a whole new world for me in the sense of uh, these cameras that are seem like they're changing every month. Um, so there's room for everybody to just hang on and 
uh, enjoy the ride. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's just the, the new people coming in, the new ideas, because this industry is changing rapidly every day. Yeah. <laughs> and what, uh, what is that thing that you say all the time? Uh, you're only as good as your last job as yeah. well. That's the other thing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's always been my uh, uh, kind of like... Uh, Mantra? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it doesn't matter how many jobs or what your reputation is because you can, you can have a great reputation. But then if, if you go in with that attitude like you're it yeah. um, and you have that one bad job because it, it could happen where for whatever reason it's just everything's going wrong then people are going to remember that and they're yeah. not going to remember the other thousand jobs that you did. I mean, they, they will, but yeah. at the same yeah. time. it's You shouldn't be always looking at that next job and like putting the job you're on now down. Right, right, right. It's, it, to me, it's like whatever job you committed to and, you, and you're, you're doing, just do the best that you possibly can Yeah, all the way around. Whether, um, you know, in, in my case, just make it look as good as you can Man, you do that by working with the DP yeah. and uh, setting I've, up the look. So that actually leads me to another question that I had. Um, I, I had a director I was talking to yesterday, and he was saying that he, a DP that he had booked called him. I was like, hey, uh, I just got booked for another shoot with this really famous person. Uh, I'm going to have to cancel on the shoot that I already had with you, even though he was booked for like two weeks um, before that. And like, it was committed, like it was solid hold. It wasn't soft hold, nothing like that. I feel like I've heard of that happening more and more. And even for myself, I've had those things where it's like, man, I could go do this like Mercedes shoot or I could be committed to this like corporate interview that really isn't going to do much for my resume. But it's like, to me, there's a level of commitment that's like, you know what? I committed to this person. They, they trust me. It's something that I really... I can't find someone better. And it's like, did people, <clears throat> did you find, did you find that level of commitment? Did it, has it always been where it's like, ah, if there's something better comes along or was it much more committed maybe back in like earlier? I think there was a, at least in, in my case and, and just looking back on, on the people that I've worked with over the years, the level of commitment was definitely much stronger back then. Um, if, if you took a job, to me, it's like you're giving someone your word that yeah. you're going to be there and to bail out at the last second because you've got, uh, if you're doing a two-day job and somebody gives you a seven-day job, I know e uh, from an economic point of view, it, it, I understand that, yeah, that you're going to make more money, but yeah. it, it, in the end, it all evens out. Yeah. So just keep your or keep the commitment. More than evens out, I'd say. Yeah, because uh, if you do that that two day job and you stay with that person, that person's going to come back and give you more work. Yeah. Uh, next time around, I feel like nine times out of ten, to those big big jobs that like you get offered and stuff, it's like those people could almost care less about you. They just needed someone to film, like to right. film this or to gap like those big jobs. It seems like they'll ne probably never use you again. Right, like it's like yeah, you can put the name on your resume, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, just that—that's probably my one golden rule that I really try to uh, uh, keep yeah. and not break uh, is that commitment. If I take a job, I'm gonna see it through. 
um, um, because it, it doesn't do any anyone good if you if you bail out on the job uh, you're you're hurting your reputation uh, next time it comes around that that client is going to be uh, maybe leery of well is, is this guy going to keep yeah. his word is, well, is he going to stay with me the first time we scheduled this podcast I remember you called me and be like hey I just got offered to be on a Chevy job we had this podcast though we were supposed to record and I was like Juan it's a pod no go go get the Chevy job like go do it <laughs> and it was like just that level of commitment that you have is just like it's something I don't feel like me my generation it has that sense of as much that's oh. And, and I do, I, I do see more and more of that now of, of guys just playing the days. Um, you know, if they commit to one day commercial and a two day comes along, they want to bail out of the one day to go do that other job. And I'm like, you're only hurting yourself in the long run. Yeah. If you're gonna uh, live by that rule. Yeah. I think switching topics. Uh, that was great. But kind of switching topics. One last thing I wanted to hit on uh, before the end is just you were talking about just kind of maybe ways that people on set can work better with the gaffer and the genie team and stuff like that. And even uh, we're talking about just things that maybe you see, especially in DPs or directors that you see that they could do better. And like you, you were going to talk a little bit, maybe even about me, like using me as kind of like a a lab study type thing. Well, uh, just one thing that I, that I noticed um, that is, and again, I think it's because uh, it's new people coming in in all departments, whether it's hair, makeup, wardrobe. Yeah. It is a, a I don't want to call it a sense of disrespect. I just think it's, they don't know any better. Uh, and and I'll, I'll give you an example. It's like whenever you're setting up a shot and it's getting close, you finally get the stand in to step out and you bring the real actor in. And so you have just those few seconds, a minute to make the final adjustments to the to the camera angle, to lighting. But then you'll see wardrobe, hair and makeup, they'll just get right in front of the lens, right in front of that actor, and they're doing their thing. And that drives me crazy because yeah. you would never see that uh, before. Yeah. Because, but, but uh, they, they would know that everybody's gonna get their turn, but camera comes first, lighting, you have to give us that that yeah because lighting could take a few seconds to yeah. adjust stuff so they can jump in while lighting's adjusting after they've checked exactly yeah and, and so uh, to me i just I, I try to let people know like hair and wardrobe like whenever the actor steps in as a courtesy to camera to the director to dp give us a moment to set it up because once we know that that everything's good on our end then you can have them yeah you fix their hair fix their wardrobe and then we're yeah. going to shoot it but if you step in, and, kind of handicaps the process. Yeah, and there. then and then the guy's just standing there. Now he's got to stand there while we make the adjustments, and yeah. a thousand things can happen. So it, it's. I mean, I think we can cover pretty much all the all the amazing shoots you've been on. By they were cool. They were probably they're probably long hours, and they probably had pretty solid crews on most of them. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the 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 shows that to me that stand out, and that I have very very. Uh, positive memories of are shows that involved quality people starting from the top, whether they were the producers or directors. It involved people that were um, 
that, that, that were just kind to the crew, that, yeah. that, that were not disrespectful. To me, that, that's just very important, is how you treat the people below you. Um, that tells me a lot about that person who's, who's uh, running the ship. Yeah. If, uh, I, believe me, I've been on shows where that person uh, is a screamer and it just, it just sets a dark tone for yeah. the shooter and it makes it stressful and and you're just counting the hours till you you get off to get off the set yeah, yeah. and i and i thought I, I don't want to be a part of any sets like that you just the feedback that you gave me i feel like is just so powerful and beneficial but so respectful and it's like mm-hmm. something that i feel like you've shown me is that you can be honest with people around you and you can tell them exactly what you want to like you can tell them things that are bold and that are maybe uncomfortable at points. Yeah. Like I, I've seen you talk to people where it's like you had to have an uncomfortable conversation, but you treated them with such respect that you came out of it stronger with a stronger relationship with that person that you talked to. Yeah. Like, well, I, 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 I just, I just know how I was once the new guy. I was once the one that was, that was learning. And so when I see people that are just starting out to me, it's like, it's more important to teach someone, to show them. Um, it's like if you go skiing, you don't want to do it on your own. You get, get like a, a good instructor to show you the right way because there's a right way and a wrong way. So if you can catch these people early on and teach them the right way in a way that doesn't uh, demean them or make them feel stupid, it's like I tell them, there's never a stupid question. I would rather you ask me questions all day long than to feel like I don't want to ask this is uh, kind of like a stupid question and then go do something where you're going to hurt yourself or maybe hurt someone else on set. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if, if I'm working with a DP or let's say in our example, if, if, if you're saying uh, let's do this and if I, in my mind, if I think, well, just from, from experience, I think this way would be better. To me, it's easier if we have the time just to say, okay, uh, I'm going to show you what, what you want, just so that you see it in your mind, and yeah. then I'll show you what I want. I want yeah. this thing. Well, and that little that little step is so beneficial because for me as a DP, then it's you like... You learn. It, well, yeah, it's yeah. like you understand and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do exactly what you want. Like, I'll do what you want. Right. But here's another way. Right. Instead of just trying to talk it out and negotiate it with me, yeah. it's like you can show the person typically... In Ten less times time. faster, in yeah, le- in less time yeah. than than what to try try to uh, exactly talk it out because at that point just just show them if you if you can yeah. just make the time, show them, and then show them like that way he's got an option. Yeah, and he can say, okay, I see what you're saying, but I still I want to yeah. go my way. Okay, then at that point it's done. I feel like that just it's, goes in that respect yeah. thing. Like it's yeah. just like this. Yeah, I'll yes, yes, sir. Like it's always yeah. I don't know. Right. I, I, I've taken so much from that, like working with direct, taking that and applying it to like directors above me, where right. it's like, even if I don't think the director is right on the shot they want, yes, sir, I'm going to get it. This is an option. This is also an option that like. Yeah, because w- when you present it that way, uh, they not only learn something, but that at the same time, they realize this guy knows the stuff. Yeah. And they're going to pay more attention to you. The. Uh, the next time yeah. when you have something to say it, they're like yeah it makes it makes them feel heard 
right. but you're also being a collaborator exactly. in the process. Exactly. And I'm just going to say, anyone who's listening, hire one. If you haven't already heard it from me <laughs> directly. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Well, my pleasure. My awesome. pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Juan Romero. Juan Romero. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so just kind of uh, going back over some of the stuff that we talked about, uh, what's what's a key point that you took away from that? Yeah, I mean, going back to like technology and how it's affected, you know, set life now, cell phones are a huge um, change, you know, that's happened in, in the last, you know, decade. Having a cell phone on set can be a great tool, but it can also be a huge distraction. Working yeah. in production, you know, there's nothing more than that, you know, bothers me more than seeing, you know, like a yeah. PA or somebody on their phone just blatantly looking like they're not doing, you know, their work. And you guys touched on the the one gaff, the one grip you said that just disappeared. Yeah, for like for, an hour. For like an hour. Yeah. It it becomes a little bit of a problem, but I also see it sometimes necessary. You yeah. know, um, if I'm trying to like find a like a PA or or somebody and they don't radio me back on the walkie, I know I can text them and you know get get to them super fast. Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit of a balance, you know. But I can see how much of an impact that's probably been for some of you know the yeah. guys and gals who've been working in this industry for so long. Yeah. That's yeah. I think I think one thing that was maybe more nuanced. I don't think he came out and said straight up. But it's just the the perspective that, as as a gaffer, I think that you have to take, where it's like you have these all different DPs coming in, all oh, yeah. different people over head like over top of you coming in, and like basically almost I feel like changing your style almost every time and somewhat and having to adapt quickly, uh, where it's uh, you may only have two days, so it's like you have to figure it out pretty dang quick what their style is and mm-hmm. create that relationship and all that. And so you're probably on more sets than the DP if yeah. you're a grip or a gaffer or uh, pretty much, I feel like, a lot of the other positions. Yeah, and going, um, going off of that, I thought it was fascinating how Juan sometimes feels like the DPs might get intimidated by his resume. You know, he's yeah. worked on so many shows, original Dallas, you know, like he yeah. has so much experience and just having the DP be open-minded you know, to his experience, like it sounds like you've been anytime you've worked with him and then basically just letting him let make you look better. Yeah. You know, just, I thought that was like a fascinating point of view just because I, I don't work, you know, around cameras as yeah. much, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it was, it was just really interesting getting to kind of sit down and just take a moment to chat with him because obviously we work on set a bunch, uh, you, me, Juan, we all work on set a bunch together, but mm-hmm. it's just interesting kind of hearing more of his thoughts in that, in that area. Yeah, because <clears throat> I feel like I mean I feel like it's the same with like me and a director. It's like trying to figure out the director's style. Like, do they like longer lenses? Do they like shorter? Do they want to like? Do they want a long lens wide? Do they want me to be like just on a wide lens, really close? Like stuff like that. Figure it out real quick. Yeah. And then also like when you don't agree with people above you, like how are you handling that? Because uh, yeah, it's an art form, but it's also like you know it's it's collaboration. It's a team thing. Well, let, let me ask you, what do you how do you handle those situations? Uh, where you maybe disagree with uh, the director or the gaffer disagrees with you. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I touched on it real briefly, but I think it's 
the biggest thing that I've learned for myself is uh, to gain a director's trust. I'll just go in and I'll do exactly what they want. I'll be like, this is this is what this is what you're asking. <clears throat> this is how it looks. Uh, but here's another option mm-hmm. that I think might play better to your story, and then give like a one sentence like, I think this would play better because we're pulling out on this move instead of being handheld because the character is supposed to feel isolated right now. Yeah. And I think that this move complements what you're trying to tell in the story. <clears throat> and then between that one sentence and showing them what they wanted and also showing them what I had, typically, I'd say nine times out of ten, they usually end up going with my idea. Um, oh, wow. Not because I have a great idea, but I think it's because I effectively communicate and I'm trying to understand what they want. And yeah. they, I think they, they feel that. Yeah, and at the end of the day, this is all collaboration. Yeah. This is what this industry is. And I, at, the, at the same time, I feel like it's kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I feel like it's something I've been really just feeling lately where it's like, at the end of the day, this is also a business. Yeah. Like, as much as we all love what we do and it's art, mm-hmm. it's a business. And it's like, it really, it's like our job, my job is to make the person above me happy. Mm-hmm. That is my sole job. Yes, it's art. Yes, it should look pretty. Yes, it should like accomplish like all that. But really, if the director is not happy or if the EP is not happy, I didn't do my job kind of a thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know. I That's just one way I look at it where it's like business, art, business, art, business, art. <laughs> yeah, and that tra- I think that translates over to all crew positions. You know, in production, same thing. I'm trying to make my manager happy or my producer happy. Yeah. You know, and, and like you guys touched upon, you're only as good as your last job, you yeah. know, just being focused in there and making sure that you give it, you know, the best you can possibly give. Yeah. I, I, man, is there anything else that you grabbed from that interview or? I thought it was fascinating <laughs> how they used hand signals back in the day oh, yeah. to communicate, you know, the needs of like G&E. Yeah. Because right now in production, walkies are like absolutely necessary and <laughs> if, yeah, I don't know what I would do without walkies, and I can just imagine picture myself like doing weird baseball signals to the PAs across. Yeah, <laughs> across. Well, the, it's like no one's that. looking at you either, so it's like just to get their attention would be hard and a little distracting. As, I think. Yeah, if you're like on set and you see some grip just doing weird hand signals. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was more funny more than anything, and it's just cool insight on how it used to be. Yeah. Well. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was great. It was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on and co-hosting with me. Of course. And what a great interview that was. So Yeah. Man, I'm just going to like put that on rewind for like before bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was telling him afterwards, he should narrate a book. Like, he should. He, I should get him to VO a book. Like, I don't know, maybe like Grip 101. Like we find like a Grip book. Oh, and he that's just, a like, good idea. Yeah. Maybe we can start that. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See y'all.